0: Hello everyone and welcome to Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for joining me and Joseph Malazzi on this Sunday, the 23rd of May. We are discussing season 10 of Stargate SG-1. So get your questions for Joe And uh, submit them over to him. It doesn't have to necessarily be about season 10, um, but uh, that is our focus for this episode. So he and I are going to go through uh, a discussion of that uh, specific season, and then uh, we will move into your fan questions over at YouTube.com slash Dial the Gate. My tie has been out of sorts. I cannot get this one to cooperate. You can see why I never wear it. But before we get into the show here, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click the like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm. And it will definitely help the show grow its audience. And please consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops. And you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on the Gateworld.net YouTube channels. Joseph Malazzi, writer and executive producer. Stargate SG1. Season ten. Thank you for joining us, sir.
1: Thank you. I feel woefully underdressed. I think uh, <laughs> uh, next uh, next series of pod uh, of, of uh, discussions. I think uh, I'm gonna have to wear my suit. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna shake things yeah. up a little bit. I think so. Space cowboy. Where, where yeah. does this shirt come from? Uh, you can't... are not familiar with Cowboy Bebop? No. What? The greatest anime uh ever well i mean i guess that's debatable certainly the greatest science fiction anime uh,
0: i don't think i've i mean i've seen attack on titan mm-hmm. um that's sci-fi anime right um yeah that's horror i've yeah. seen princess mononoke mm-hmm. which i loved but mm-hmm. i've never really been the biggest anime fan joe so you're saying you, that you uh, know what cowboy bebop is at the top of the list
1: yeah uh, what okay is it, like 24 25 episodes beginning middle oh, it's a and series. end okay yes Okay,
0: that's the I thing that them. I love about um, everything that everyone has said about uh, about anime. They are a mm-hmm. f- complete story, you know everything uh, yeah. that you ex- it's it's all uh, self contained and yeah. Yes. And yeah. I, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. My buddy's been telling me to watch that, but yeah. So that I that one check I out. that one I
1: can't weigh in on uh, weigh in on. Okay, oh. so you will have to. Report
0: back. I will check out Cowboy Bebop. I promise. I don't know if over this next month I'm getting ready to do a couple of things here, but we'll definitely check that out. Okay. Season 10 of Stargate SG-1. This is is the end. This
1: This is is it. This is the end for SG-1.
0: Sad. Bittersweet. And this was the one where at the beginning of it, with all the actors you had for the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, contracts for season 11. Is that right?
1: Uh, I believe so. This was, the, I, I know for certain that this was the season after so many seasons of assuming we would be cancelled. This was the season that I, I was fairly confident we would get that season 11. Me too. Simply because we were producing alongside Atlantis and it just made sort of, you know, sort of economic sense and, and sci-fi had right. their sci-fi Friday lineup. And why would they be foolish enough to tinker with that? Um, And and all that And uh, as it turns out, I was wrong
0: Yeah, no, I was too I remember joking, you know, with Brad and and Rob in their office um, Mm. What
1: kind of uh, uh,
0: stories do you guys have planned for seasons 14 and 15? Because I think Brad had made the joke before You know, like the NID stuff or summer stuff Seasons 14 and 15, you know, we'll (laughs) deal with that And I just remember saying to them It probably will happen And they're like, well, we'll see And... Mm. I, part of me, to be perfectly honest, in the back of my mind has always felt like I kind of jinxed it.
1: <laughs> well, okay, then I, I have someone else to blame.
0: There you go. No, yeah. yeah please feel free. But mm-hmm. I mean, ten seasons. What a run! And I mean, uh, seven for you guys, for you and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you. I mean, never thought that it would go that far. No. Uh, but with with the concept. It, it it proved that it had legs from mm-hmm. the beginning, and that this this was this was a sci-fi idea that could go that could go forever as long as the the creative minds behind it kept on, you know, uh, uh, getting the the uh, the energy that they needed to continue to produce the content.
1: And if by energy you mean the green light from the network, that, then yes, I would totally agree. Well, yeah, that, we energy can't we, burn
0: out, you know, yeah, I mean, sooner yeah. or later, it's like, okay, I've done enough that I can with this, with this, with this ring here, you know, yeah. I mean, it's time to do something else like Cooper did near the end of SGU, you know, yeah. yeah. so let's talk about season 10. So sure. you had Claudia Black joining the cast. Finally, as a regular. Yes. Tell us about this.
1: Well, I mean, as I mentioned in, in season nine, the plan was to make her a, regu- uh, a regular then, but the network said no until they saw the, uh, the, uh, the dailies. And then they said, oh, well, let's make her a season regular. But at that point, the ship had sailed. So we said, OK, if we get a season 10, we will make her a regular. So that we was exclusively that a 10, network call. Uh, sorry, what uh, about not making about her a regular her season her regular. nine? Uh, yes, they basically resisted the, uh, okay. the idea. And so we said fine and then when see- we got the pickup for season 10 you know everybody was happy with 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 uh with with the characters creatively and and and, and so we ended up making uh, Claudia the offer and she came on as a uh, a series regular and it was uh it was really a blast writing for her character.
0: Yeah, well I mean to to take a, a character that you know is really much more of a wild card mm-hmm. and unpredictable with with her own uh uh backstory and you know issues throughout the galaxy as demonstrated in episodes like the ties that bind it's like what have we gotten ourselves into with this person we don't know what this person is how many planets does she have enslaved you know under under katesh god knows yeah
1: yeah you know i remember this season because we were we went off and i ended up I, i decided to just kind of push myself to see what if what i could do and, and over the hiatus, I ended up writing actually three scripts in, it was actually like probably two and a half weeks. So it was, um, it was Morpheus, I think it was Morpheus, Morpheus, um, uh, it was Counter-Strike and mm. Memento Mori.
0: Yes, those, those are right up against one another. So that yeah. would, that yeah. would add up. And, uh, some pretty heavy use of Vala in each of them. So you really yes, particularly yeah, went yeah, to town. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it's like, you get the, to- you get the toy. Your mom <laughs> says you can't, you know, you can only play with it on Mondays and then suddenly you can play with it, uh, every day of the week. And so I really made the most of it. And it was just great, especially in Memento Mori, By that point, you kind of cement her, her, her place, you know, in kind of the team when she has that sort of conversation with Daniel at the end, when he kind of talks her down and, uh, and, uh, you know, from there, you know, she, you know, in my mind, in any ways, was kind of a, a became like a a, a a true member of the team. Right. Well, I know that like certain fans never sort of, be, you know, took a shot.
0: She her. Um, and I can understand that she mm-hmm. was so outside of the the normal sphere that uh, people would be like, well, you know what is her what is her contributing factor and mm-hmm. i think i think making her uh the mother of the enemy messiah was mm-hmm. really a great you know a, if if well there i mean it was the great excuse to have her on the team right there because mm-hmm. you know if if sg1 is the flagship unit going out and defending against this this force that is attacking our galaxy then mm-hmm. it it makes sense to have any advantage that we can against this enemy force. And so she's Adria's mom, A, but also she's, she's, she's clever and she's crafty and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, even, but even as I'm saying these things, I don't know if she is still 100% a perfect fit for SG-1 because mm-hmm. of SG-1, every person has like a focus expertise in something, she more or less knows the galaxy, and that was mm-hmm. really key for this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think by any. I'm I sound, I'm sounding like I'm painting myself into a corner, but I'm <laughs> by no means suggesting that I didn't think that she had a place in that season. Mm-hmm. I I was more than welcome to to see her to see her there. So well, great. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right, so let's have a look at uh, Morpheus, which yeah. is actually one of my uh, more favorite Vala uh, episodes. Mm-hmm. With I forget, let's have a look at who these, this actor was, who she played against the uh, the psychologist. Let's see who. That oh, was. Brett Ratner. Hey, there you go. Yes. Look at it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry, ben, no, ben Brett Ratner, Benjamin. Yeah,
1: Brett Ratner is Doctor Hutchinson. Benjamin Brett Ratner. Yes. And up until and that, that was fun you know basically i love any episodes where i get to do humor and so that whole sort of like with the rorschach test where basically <laughs> it's like you know you've got you know the uh you know the tortoise lying on on its back in, in the movie, right desert, exactly which is like back to, like, to, to to blade runner and uh yeah i mean uh well was, i mean uh, it was a great plan
0: it, you have uh, and i thought the rorschach test was real you mm-hmm. know, when I'm watching this, I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is, this is, I, I figured, yeah, I guess someone used this, this as a real thing," and mm-hmm. it's like, "Well, wait a second, no, um, it's, uh, it, it's not really used that much anymore because it's kind of hey. inconclusive." So yeah. it's funny that have SG1, the, the uh, Stargate yeah. commands, go off and do it, so. Yeah. Was that, was it always cemented in your mind? Oh, we're, we've got to use this element. This is this is crazy. Oh,
1: you know, any opportunity I had for humor, I would always right. use it. And, and, and I mean, kudos to Brad and Robert who always embraced the humor and kind of allowed me to like, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty crazy sequence. Um, <laughs> you know, all things considered, but it was, you know, it's a lot of fun and it goes to her character. And, you know, I've all often said that humor allows audiences kind of a shorthand to connect to characters and you know which is like no surprise why uh, uh rodney was such a fan favorite on atlantis mm-hmm. which the same way i mean um i think given time val would have been a fan become a fan favorite as well i think she was
0: i think if you mm-hmm. look at uh, the the people who have um taken a uh, a closer look at season 10 uh especially on social media. You know, not she's she's going to be more of more of in the the stream of Jonas Quinn, you know, where there's there's there are some people who are just not going to be happy with anything but the original four. Jack, Sam, mm-hmm. Daniel, and Teal. Period. Mm-hmm. I know th- I was watching, you know, like you were the the forums and people um when uh season 9 arrived and there was there was a a decent percentage who after Rick left left with him. I mean, they just mm-hmm. weren't interested in watching a show that didn't have him in it. So yeah. it was a different dynamic, but I mean, the the alternative would have been that the show didn't continue after Rick mm-hmm. and mm-hmm frankly that would have been a shame. Yeah, I agree. Robin Mosley returns in this episode. Yes, yes, I, I, was,
1: I was like where had I seen him before? And right. I, I remember, yes, yes.
0: So you so was he um did did you have anything to do with casting in these episodes at this point or
1: Oh no, yeah, yeah, at this point, okay. yes, very much so, yeah.
0: Okay. So he came into the room and it's like, "Oh, I remember yeah. you?"
1: Yes, yes. Okay. So you know, a, and, and again, kind of appropriate that, uh, you know, he uh, he bookends uh, our run on SG-1s, our, you know, one of our first episodes, and I guess kind of one of our last episodes as well. You know, uh, Window of Opportunity and Morpheus. Why
0: didn't you write him as Malachi? When he came in, it's like, let's just make it Malachi. His wife was gone. We offered him a position at Stargate Command. It'll be a great nugget you know for, um, for fans to call back
1: because i wrote the script before we did the casting and then after we did the casting i would have to, would have had to rewrite the script and i think that you know it it would have been interesting but i think it would have been kind of weird in 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 that i think the fans would have asked so what is the significance of having malachi Back, mm-hmm. and is there going to be some sort of like a time travel angle? So, okay. we just That's decided to make him like a uh, yeah, because the fans are always looking for uh, the meaning beneath, right? You know, the kind of the words always or the actions,
0: absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's like uh, in season season three, mm-hmm. uh, Nyan goes back to Stargate Command after um, New yeah. ground and Daniel says, You know, I really could use an assistant. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we never see him again, but supposedly he's there somewhere, you know, and it's just, you just kind of have to separate the characters from the actors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's a relatively, at that point, at that point, it was a relatively small pool in Vancouver. So, you know, a lot of the talent would continue to reappear. Especially
1: especially after, or after nine seasons. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, there's only... Well, I mean, it's not to say that there's only so many, but at a certain point, you know, especially I would think if you know that someone can do the job, let's bring him back in. Mm-hmm. So, and he mm-hmm. definitely did that for this episode, and he died doing it. So mm-hmm. so Morpheus is the beginning of the journey that is um, searching for the uh, – okay, if I remember correctly. So we're we're looking for – Merlin's weapon, I think. At this point, is that right? I yes.
1: believe so. Right.
0: So, Cassiana so, so, yeah. Sahal and Vaganbray, and this this planet is, I believe, Vaganbray, mm-hmm. Um One of the things that I wanted to to talk with you about is one of the th- uh, things that I was noticing later on in the the later seasons of the show, where one of the objectives would be. Um, and it started off with like, we, we have a problem and now we need this thing to solve it. Or there is this this mythological thing that we need to solve it. We need to find the lost city. We need to find the Ark of Truth. We need to find Merlin's weapon. MacGuffin. Um, the MacGuffin. Yes. yes. Was this, what What was it that, that kept on leaning towards MacGuffins near the end of the show? Or was it just a shake-up in the writing styles? Like, you know, we want to have something episodic to pursue. And so this is an excuse to pursue something episode over episode.
1: I mean, we always looked to episodic storytelling. And and honestly, I think it really was just a matter of, you know, I I guess just the stories we came up with in the room at, at the time. I don't think there was any, you know, specific... Uh, aim to tell those specific types of stories throughout season 10. I mean, really, there was the arc, you know, the, the kind of major arc that we wanted to sort of deal with with regards to the ori mm. but um, in terms of the individual stories, that was really up to uh, the individual writers to really come up with, like, a, a great uh, tale with a beginning, middle, and end.
0: Got it. That's fair.
1: And, and, and really at the time, I mean, you're up against the Ori, so you, you need to find a means to defeating them. And clearly when we left things in Camelot, the season nine, uh, uh, cliffhanger finale, Mm -hmm. we realized that, you know, they, we were probably no, no match for them. So we needed help. And so season 10 was kind of a quest to find the means to defeating uh, this like uh, incredible um, enemy.
0: Absolutely, and I want to come back to Matthew Walker and Merlin in just a moment here, but 200. Mm. I mean, holy cow. I remember being in Brad's office and him saying, they're going to love it, fans are going to love it, or they're going to hate it. Yes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, one way or another, it's going to be interesting. I Mm -hmm. have never, maybe since Window of Opportunity, and maybe even then, never laughed so hard. Mm. At an episode, as I laughed at 200. It really was made for all of us who loved the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I mean, everything, we report, everything in that, you know, the, the episode was informed by everything that went on behind the scenes as much as in the fan community. So, you know, it was really a a salute to the franchise and the fans as well.
0: How far ahead of time were you guys thinking about doing something special for the 200th episode?
1: You know, that's a better question for Brad and Rob because I know Brad and Rob were thinking of what they would do, what they would do. And then Br- Rob sat down and was like, okay, this is what we do. We should do a, you know an episode called Remember When. Like <laughs> they reflect back on, on these crazy, you know, or, or I, I think it was like um, the idea being that everyone was telling Mitchell stories about past um, uh, missions that were just totally ridiculous <laughs> and, and i was like i was like i like that but i don't know i think it feels like it needs a little more of a you know a center core like more of a sort of a narrative engine and then so we ended up bringing back willie garson and right. and uh and sort of that kind of be, became the frame for these all these kind of crazy individual uh stories and we just got to sort of pitch out a bunch of just kind of the the, the wildest um you know sequences we could think of and you know for instance I mean, and there were a bunch of which kind of never make the didn't even make the cut i remember i wrote uh, a gilligan's island parody that didn't make the cut um the the farscape parody did i was like a huge fan of farscape and uh <laughs> and so basically we did the farscape parody and uh and uh you know right before it shot I remember um michael and, and ben coming to me and it was like why don't we switch roles because ben was originally supposed to play Crichton and yeah. uh, Vala
0: plays, uh, uh, Vala, uh claudia plays aaron
1: yeah yeah <laughs> and so it was uh you know they switched up the parts and it was it was great i mean just you know kind of like the set look you know very far as yeah. the you know the camera angles were very uh far escape it was yeah. uh an
0: extraordinary achievement. Mm-hmm. Which are your favorite uh, segments besides uh, the, f- the, besides Farscape?
1: Okay, the uh, which are my favorite. I'm just gonna try to think. Um, I like the Star Trek uh, mm. parody featuring uh, Brad Wright as the <laughs> yes, <laughs> the engineer, which was apparently um, a last minute thing. It was supposed to be million. Was. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to. Th- you know i'm just trying to think which one basically was i mean i I love the willie garson through line throughout just kind of like the industry uh poking fun to the industry is always fun because (laughs) it's such a ridiculous uh line of work um in terms of segments i'm trying to think i love never the ones it's it's never the ones the fans loved really yeah Yeah. so the the puppet thing i i liked i felt i the puppets I loved,
0: I, I think that the story that it hangs on, I would have picked something a little different. Um, to kind of like bring it back to the beginning. That was an interesting choice. For mm. me, the the one that just ma- makes me laugh, probably the hardest, is the the, the Teenage SG one. Oh, yeah. Martin yeah. Garrow. I think Martin Garrow did that one. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's just, I think you're so totally awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just so, because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that Val is pregnant at the end. Yeah. I don't think Mitchell likes me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there really was something for everyone. I mean, you guys yeah. poked fun at at um, shippers, you know, gave Jack yeah. and Sam a wedding.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Actually, that was another high point for me. The, put uh, them in a tailspin.
0: Yeah, from, yeah. Well, that's not yeah. real, though. It's like, okay, yeah. okay, come on. Yeah. You know.
1: Um, well, I, I, I especially like the fact that he calls her Carter right. at their wedding. <laughs>
0: Well, so she, well, she walks up, she says, "Sorry, sir, I'm late." And he's like, yeah. "It's our yeah. wedding. sorry, Jack." Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh I mean, fan reaction, you know, did did you guys think that uh, that it was everything you wanted it to be? Would you have done it any differently in hindsight? No, I
1: don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think um I mean, there's there's always little little moments here and there that you mm. you 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 know, you uh, you would change, I'm sure. Um but the 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 fan response was great, mm-hmm. and I guess I, mean, I guess that's not that surprising.
0: Yeah, one of the arguments that we had, that Darren and I had while while doing the omnipedia, um, was where does this is this inside or outside of canon? And mm-hmm. we basically decided that this one, especially the the thing that took the cake was when Walter comes around the corner and has an instant change of outfit. Um, Running into the into the gate room because he's like I don't have the right outfit on. He's just in his in his uh, his Air Force suit um, mm-hmm. w- onesie, and then comes mm-hmm. in fully decked out uh, from head to toe in-, in SG gear. And it's like, okay, that is physically impossible right. for him to achieve yeah. that. That's yeah. that's the nail that I'm going to hang it on. That right. this episode right. should not be in the omnipedia. Right. It's, it is a love letter to fandom, and it um, was a, a great achievement as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we got to finally see the furlings. It's something that yes! they've asked before, so we finally got to see them. That's
0: exactly right. Absolutely. And kill them off. And immediately killed them off. them thereafter. all. Well, I mean, that's yes. why we never see them again.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that was Friday. And then Monday, we got the news that SG-1 had been canceled. Mm. And it was a stab through the heart. GateWorld had just launched uh version i think 2.0 of its web web design we were tremendously excited about it and then we found out that sg1 was going bye-bye and it just sent this wave Mm. through fandom it's like oh
1: it was it was very weird because we found out about it um at the 200th episode party i think the the show had aired or was it was airing i think it was like it was a it was a party. It was a Friday night, and yeah. they were making speeches. And I was listening, and 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 I forget who was saying. Basically, you know, the show had such a great run. I was talking about it in the past tense, and everybody was like, you know, partying and everything. And I was like, and I turned to Paul, and I and I was like, I think we were just canceled. And uh, and but everybody, was, you know, everybody was just kind of having a good time and just and 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 kind of missed it. At, at the rap party and it didn't really sink in until later that weekend and uh and and early the next week when uh you know the official word, word came down
0: so it was a it was a sci-fi rep who was who was saying something
1: on behalf of the show yeah i i i don't recall who mm-hmm. said it um but uh it definitely was a brad or robert it was someone from uh, from the outside um so it was kind of weird um and then of course i mean you know i think we've already talked about how uh MGN made efforts to save the right. series and then apple reached out about uh you know an 11th season and things were actually looking very good and then uh sci-fi uh um the clause yeah yeah i yeah, pointed out the clause they had in their contract that uh, you know if you if we can have you no one can uh so uh that was that um
0: were you there when the the news was broken to the cast who, who broke the news to the to the cast?
1: It must have been Brad or Robert. I wasn't. I wasn't there. I mean, I, we did it, or I, I ended up doing it for for uh, for Atlantis. Uh, but they, as showrunners, would have been the ones to go Got down and, and break the news. Understood. Well, a hell
0: of a run, and mm. you know. Um, we, we you had you had a job to to do to finish the rest of the season which must have made it an interesting uh change of energy knowing that this is it you know let's let's really make what's left the best that it can be knowing that you know the next step is
1: going to be in a new medium so yeah cause... we found out though i mean by the time we found out we'd already written almost all of our scripts for Got it. for the season uh, but i mean i think uh, Rob held back on the finale just because he didn't know and right. and he wanted to. Uh, so I mean, you know, we got a lot of flack. Like uh, um, Family Ties was it was uh, you know an episode I loved, uh, especially because I got in a few shots at the network. Yes, uh, you did. This network of, of planets. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> uh, but the fans were like, you know, this show is canceled, and and you know we're you're giving us Vala's father story. It's like, well. When we found out the show was canceled, it's not like the exact, you know, I mean, by the time we found out, the ship the, at all royally sailed up to a certain point. Um, right. So, so uh, yes. But we'll, we'll talk about a family
0: challenge. Yeah. Let's, let's get to yeah. that in just a second here. Yeah. Memento Mori. Mm. Um, we find, we found, found out that uh, uh, the, the gal who was running um, Ball's company on Earth was Athena. Like mm-hmm. a old so which some of us had suspected, but wasn't really certain. And then right. we get the, one of one of the better cold openings, not better as in there were a few good ones, one of one mm-hmm. of the best cold openings for Stargate, which is <laughs> she's in a diner, she's a waitress, and she's kicking ass. You know? Mm. <laughs> so yeah. tell us about, about this this episode. No, you know, this
1: was I, I believe Peter Delaware directed this episode. I think so. My, because I I, yeah. I I just remember it was just the Yes. perfect uh a perfect episode and and i just you know it, it was just again it was it was a lot of fun um i remember basically we went back and forth with saul's versus sal's diner right i, I think <laughs> it was originally it was it was sal's diner and then we changed it to saul's diner yeah, saul was then... the
0: owner or something he got it from sal one of the yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh uh I, I think that you know having having Vala as like this 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 greasy spoon kind of waitress really fit her temperament, you know, and it just it was you know an interesting um, change of pace for one for one episode to know mm-hmm. that you know she could find her place among friends uh, on Earth even though her memory was wiped and SG One is you know trying to figure out what the heck has happened. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. this is the episode I think where. Mitchell is tied to a bed. In fact, yes. <laughs> he is he to the in bed. his underwear. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> great um, great beat at the end mm-hmm. with Vala and Daniel as mm-hmm. things are coming back in, and you can kinda sense an underlining layer of of um, uh, Romance is not the right word. Mm. Um, there, there is belonging. There is family. There is love. There, in that scene, and yeah,
1: and yeah, you guys... and, yeah I, I, and exactly. It, all it, it really reaffirms everything I've, I, I've said and have always said and continues to say about what makes great sci-fi. And it's this central concept of family or found family, if you will. And you know, whether it's the crew, the Enterprise or, or Team SG One, and she is, you know. In, in that final moment with Daniel, she's kind of welcomed into the family, which is, uh, you know, kind of uh, a nice kind of little cap on uh, on her story. The Quest, Part One and Two. Mm. Marina
0: Bacherin, yes, as Adria, yes, in uh, in season ten.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel you know. Yes. One of the things that I remember most about this episode, and she was amazing, but I felt terrible for her because she ended up. Having an allergic reaction to the contacts, correct. So um, we ended up having to actually do a visual effect on her eyes for the rest of the uh, uh, the rest of the uh, episode. Um, but she she was fantastic. I just remember the the, the episode. had just uh, so much going on. I remember you know the, what was it that it was a snow planet, and we ended up using this substance that kind of mimics snow. Mm. But if you stepped on it, it would stick to the bottom of your shoes like glue. Oh, and no, it was impossible to remove. Wow. Yeah. So that, um, of course, basically, you know, uh, this was one of my favorite ball episodes. Um, you know, the great late uh, uh, the slugging the Simon, that he gets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Carter, you know, punching his lights out or, or him going basically, you know, you know, I'm going to run and get help and, and kind of take it off. And, uh, you know, it was just him at his uh, finest. And, and Cliff was, uh, as always, brilliant. He brought
0: his A game and he looks fantastic mm-hmm. in that outfit. I think that's yes, that's one of Ball's better outfits. Yeah. Show that that just kind of ribbed um, black. Um, yes. Yes. He just looks gorgeous. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Val
1: Halverson, our costume designer.
0: Yes, Valerie Halverson. We don't sing yeah. her praises nearly enough. Yeah. You know the stuff I mean, that she was able to come up with yeah. was just extraordinary, and she and she made Marina look look fabulous as well. Yeah. So for yeah. sure, um, that we bring back uh, uh, Merlin mm-hmm. in the form of Matthew Walker. And mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those chicken and egg things, as as far as I've always been concerned. It's This is another one of those situations where, like, going back to the Robin Mosley situation, not situation, but opportunity, missed opportunity, however you look at it, where it, it you had an actor who played Moros, uh, the mm-hmm. last High Chancellor of Atlantis, uh, mm-hmm. in season one of Atlantis, which was at the time season eight of SG-1. Mm-hmm. And then season nine, we bring him in as Merlin. That was just a casting coincidence. Am I right about mm-hmm. that? Yes. That he was picked yes. again, yes. and then you tied the two together, which made sense mm-hmm. era wise when mm-hmm. the Atlanteans were retreating back to Earth. So that's a real fine example of okay, this makes sense story wise to make that character the same over the course of over the course of yes. time. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. in, in that case, it wasn't just obviously like the one-off uh, episode. It was part of like a much larger story, you know, uh, and 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 background. So franchise um, spanning, yeah, yeah, exactly
0: and uh we got to see him all the way through uh, arc of truth as well that was one of the Mm -hmm. nice things about arc of truth was getting to see like the return of morgan lefay um sarah strange character that i loved uh we get to see her for like a glimpse pretty much in in the pegasus project and then we got to bring her back for for the movie Mm -hmm. um but the quest one and two i gotta ask Mm you that dragon
1: and with Those um, gimpy legs. That so- <laughs> put, poor put gimpy legged dragon.
0: <laughs> gosh. What were your? I mean, did you buy it when you were when you were getting the um
1: those? It was never quite what we had imagined, but I yeah. mean, you know, I, you're, we've been part of the production with the of Thrones me, and, and yes, Harry and, and, and yeah, and, and 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 I mean, the show. Yeah, our, our franchise created so many wonderful visual effects, but sometimes, you know, I mean, there was another episode. Uh, so what was the one where basically they go to uh, a Landry's cabin?
0: Oh, um, yes, that was, um,
1: um, um I mean, was uh, Uninvited. Yeah, uninvited, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Season creature ten. was a bit lacking as well. Um, so, I mean, kind of the same thing with our, with our dragon. It was a bit... Uh, Creatures aren't um, easy. Yeah. Yeah. no, no, and and uh, frankly, visual effects have come a, a long way since. Then. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, uh, Battlestar tried something similar with uh, in um, in Caprica, and I don't think mm. that it really worked that well um, yeah. for that one. But you know, mm. um, you got to try some stuff, you know. Yeah. And if you take a look at that versus the Nakai in in Universe, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no. Ex- yeah. There, I mean, there's. There's no comparison. You know, those mm-hmm. things are flying off the screen. They look real. Yeah. Yep. Um, but
1: But then again, I mean, it, visual effects had come a long way between true. you know, those what what is it? 3 years.
0: Yeah. And that that I think that was Image Engine, so they had already done the prawns mm-hmm. uh, in District 9 and had, you know, a chance to really to really evolve that. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The the advancement of of effects was happening very quickly. Yeah. Um, so Family Ties
1: Yes. So, so, so there yes. are several sort of digs at the network. I mean, the, the episode actually <laughs> starts with with uh, Cam and who is it off the top? Is it Cameron and 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 uh, Siler or someone? Kind of walking down and 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 Mitchell's first line is, "It's ca- canceled." I didn't even know it was back on the air, and that was a dig at the fact that we would go on hiatus and then we would come back and without any fanfare or announcement. Sci-fi would just start airing us again, and it's like how how will the audience know we're back? Yeah. Um, Especially you know, the casual
0: audience level. Yeah, of the audience. yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and then of course there's uh, that, that whole sequence where he's in the room with uh, with um, with Carter, uh, uh, Doctor Lee's character, and and Doctor Lee's in the background, and and he's like, you know, <laughs> give it everything, you know, this, uh, uh, yeah, this this um, you know, the Stargate program has done for this network of planets, yes. you would think, you know, why, why aren't they giving you the, you know, the, uh, the respect they deserve. And of course, Dr. Yells, Eureka. And that was one of the other shows on, on <laughs> uh, sci-fi that get, did get a lot of love because they were a sci-fi original. Did um,
0: the network give any uh, pushback on, uh, in terms of notes on any of these little digs?
1: No, because I will be honest with you, I am convinced they stopped reading the scripts. We you would get are. notes. We would get notes all the time. I mean, I put that that I mean, w- w- when I put that sort of final scene in where 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 Teal gets up at a reading of the vagina Monologue or what, what do we call it, the Virginia the Virginia dialogue, the dialogue dialogues. dialogues. Yes, <laughs> yes. I thought for sure that was going to get killed, and when it didn't that pretty much cemented the fact that they were not reading the scripts anymore. You think that
0: they would be like legally obliged to do that?
1: Yeah. Well, that was fine with us because uh, it meant uh, no notes.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to the inmates ran the asylum at that
1: point. Exactly. Pretty so. much. And until it ends up at, uh, you know,
0: I, <laughs> I, I love that scene personally because Bridget Prochaska Yes. Was a friend, a publicist, our ah, publicist, your yes. publicist, and mm-hmm. uh, she was just you know, she was so good to Darren and me. And her and Carol Appleby did mm-hmm. such a bang up job on that franchise that to, to, mm-hmm. for her to get a, a tip of the the hat in that scene on one side, and then Ocean, the Ocean, uh, yeah. the prop uh, uh, prop gal on the other, I was like, this is yeah. perfect. You know, yeah. everyone's getting their nods, especially yeah. in that wedding scene in uh, 200 as well. I mean, you've got Jan mm-hmm. Newman, you've got Andy Bakita, you've got so yeah. many people there who yes. are uh, getting to be, you know, uh, have, have the, the light shined on them for, for yeah. one more time, you know? Yeah. Yes. It just worked. Yeah. And Fred Willard. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant Jason. actor.
1: Yeah. He was great, super friendly guy, yeah. very nice. He would uh you know I, I went down to set and I kind of talked to him a bit, and then kind of left him alone because before every scene he would not only go over with the scene in his head but I, the wheels were always turning because he would always kind of ad lib stuff, especially at the end of the scene he would give us what we needed and then just you know kind of like ad lib like there's that scene where where basically he, he was end up playing uh what was it bingo or something or, or or with 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 the old ladies in the building the old ladies and he's and, shouting them out. and he's like and they're basically their money he's like yeah you're kind of light there hazel you know that was all 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 him <laughs>
0: oh gosh
1: and, but at the end of the day there was again that that kind of like nice kind of core story that 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 kind of informed us a bit about uh vala's background and and kind of her we saw a bit of her kind of vulnerable side
0: very much so and yeah. lying about the box of jewelry Yeah. Yeah. I lost that years ago. I don't even know what you're talking about. And it's under her bed, you know, as, as much as she got around, you know, uh, this was one of the things that she managed to keep with her. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's a good family um, family story, you know, near the end of the series, you know, you kind of get like a different energy for it because you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, being one of those people that's like, you know, you know, knowing that this is the end, you know, I would have probably preferred another kind of story near the yeah. end. You know, I would I have mean, preferred we, to have, if, like, Braytac back again, or for instance, which we did.
1: Honestly, if we had known that yeah. we were we were canceled, like, much sooner, then I'm sure, like, that like, back half of the season would have probably played out very differently. And the finale probably would have been the same. Right. But, yeah, it's about them. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, it's great. And uh, we cannot uh, uh, forget to mention, like, Tony Amendola coming back once mm. more in Italian. And mm. really, sitting down next to and telling him, you know, you are the son I never had. That mm-hmm. was, oh, they got me right yeah. there. You Tony's know, great. Tony was great. I still think we owe him his due. If if there's an SG four, you know, or anything, I mean, yeah. he, he needs a send off. You know, yeah. I think that that needs to be one of the things at the top of Brad's list in terms of mm-hmm. in terms of like a returning character.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So for sure. And then there was the Ark of truth. And yes. continuum. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to briefly discuss them, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so, when was it clear that SG One was going to be continuing in the form of DVD movies? Were you still in production?
1: Yeah, actually, we, we shot those um, during production of the show's tenth season. So, eleventh. I, I, I mean, it would have I, been the eleventh uh, season. When did we shoot those?
0: Alongside okay. season four of Atlantis.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
0: Don't mean yeah. to contradict you. You were there. Yeah. I no. But... No. Actually, no. My <laughs> memory is is
1: frankly terrible. No, it's all. Good. Um. So, but you're yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course. Yeah. After the after the show's tenth season. So, um. You know. The I think the plan was to to hopefully have the DVDs do well and and as you said continue in the form of of movies and um, you know, so much so that. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Atlantis when the time comes. But I mean, Paul ended up writing that Stargate Atlantis Extinction uh, movie that never saw the light of a mm. TV screen because ultimately the bottom fell out of the DVD market. Right. And uh, and, and that was uh, I, I blame Blu-rays. But uh, you know,
0: the, oh of- the you know the the change in quality, you mean?
1: Well, I mean it's not even the change in quality, but the fact that basically it's like, okay, we're introducing DVDs and everybody goes out and gets DVDs, DVDs. And then they introduced Blu-rays and granted the quality better, but suddenly it's like toss out those, you know, all those thousands of dollars you spent on DVDs because now you got to switch to Blu-rays. And then I know a lot of people who are like, you know what, I'm done. You think so? so.
0: I think that was yeah. a, the big nail in the coffin. I,
1: I think so. I could be totally wrong. What about streaming? Th- yeah. And, and uh, you know, obviously streaming. I remember actually when we were on, 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 uh, on Stargate, uh, our visual, like, supervisor uh very early on uh, james titchener was telling us there's there he was like streaming is going to be the next is going to be the next big thing and i was like yeah 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 and theoretically it all made sense but i'd been hearing about for years and nothing was happening and he was right. like okay netflix uh it's going public you should definitely buy this stock <laughs> because it's going to go through the roof i'm like yeah, yeah 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 it reminds me of the time like my wife it was telling me to buy Bitcoin at $100 or something. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so uh, if you, got any, you have any tips for me? Uh,
0: I'll keep you in the loop. I, right. I definitely do buy Bitcoin, though. Okay. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not a financial advisor whatsoever, but right. definitely okay. buy Bitcoin.
1: Now's the time. Well, everyone says, you know, zero. I should
0: have bought it when it was XYZ. It's always mm-hmm. going to be that buy some yeah. now. You can buy it to eighths mm-hmm. of a decimal point, but I'm not yeah. a financial advisor. Right. Okay. But I mean my understanding was MGM even admitted, you know, the uh, that Arc of Truth and Continuum performed well f- from mm-hmm. from all of their benchmarks, but it was just that they were moving on in terms of the uh the the approach and it's just it just makes me sick.
1: Yeah, I mean, that whole DVD, I mean, as the bottom was falling out of the DVD market, it was actually just kind of sad and infuriating seeing, you know, they used to uh, release the box sets of each series and suddenly it was like the half series. And it was such an obvious cash grab uh, to sort of try to make up for the fact that the numbers were, you know, the sales were were, were falling and, uh, you know, it just, again, exacerbated the problem.
0: But Arc of Truth was, you know, Rob's opportunity to shine and mm-hmm. conclude that Ori story arc, and have a little bit of a little bit more fun with the um, uh, the history uh, of of the franchise. You know, bringing back replicators. Yeah. Um. You know, there was there there was a lot to love about that movie.
1: Yes. Yeah. That was. Uh. And you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting because those two movies were so different mm. ark of truth was steeped in kind of the mythology and you know all the serialized elements uh that sort of we would kind of refer to back to, you know time and again whereas um you know the other movie was more of uh really kind of embrace the the standalone feel of like the very best time travel uh, episodes
0: but also still resolving one of the greatest villains.
1: Yes, you too. you would assume, you know, I, in my mind, I always assu- I always thought that uh, I'm sure there were a few clones. Uh, uh, ball <laughs> more, more balls running yes. <laughs> around.
0: I think you know, in hindsight, we can probably say that was probably it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with 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 Cliff Simon passing now, um, but I think I think that they were just. I was I was fortunate enough to see uh, Stargate Continuum with with the cast and crew and mm-hmm. I'll I'll always remember that um, um is one of my fondest Stargate memories just just getting mm. to experience this film with everyone who made it and you know seeing the best of the best in terms of visual effects in terms of performances in terms of story um, going to the Arctic man yeah. what an opportunity thank you Barry yeah. Campbell
1: Yeah it was great they all headed out except for Chris, who as soon as he heard about uh the dangers of polar bears, um uh, <laughs> backed out. You, can, you should ask him about that. I uh, have asked him about it. He said, yeah. okay, so hold on a second.
0: I am the one who looks most like a seal. He said, <laughs> based on the color of my skin, not going to happen. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, he excused himself immediately. <laughs> Oh gosh, but you know, just a great, uh, a, gr- a great couple movies. You know, if if it's all we got, you know, we could have just been left with season ten, and then that was it. So I'm really, mm-hmm. really thankful uh, yeah. that you guys got to finish it. Um, question for you about the arc of truth in terms of a mm-hmm. in terms of a device: Is it your opinion that the mm-hmm. arc of truth made you believe in something that was true? Or made you believe in whatever you programmed it to believe, to make the person believe? Hmm. Because that's one of the earlier, you know, earlier uh, morality questions in, in the film. It's right. Like, does this thing, is it designed to actually line up with the universe and, and help, have you connect all the dots? Or is it brainwashing you? And at the end of the day,
1: wasn't that mm. the ancients issue as well? Uh I would I would not answer that question. Okay. Is what I would do I would uh, Okay. Leave it up to the, would be, up to the viewer? Completely, yes, I think so. I haven't asked Rob yet. and I just
0: talked to him again this past week. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I w I'd am
1: curious to hear if he would actually answer that question.
0: That's fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a run. You know, this this what a show and we have we have two more to talk about, but this one mm-hmm. was really the one that Yeah that yeah. you know made that i have the... to say
1: probably my favorite of the three of the three really you ask me. yes yes yeah just because uh i mean it was my first it was my first stargate yeah for one but also um in terms of my writing style, it, it really uh, as kind of a show the characters and kind of the, the the setup really lent themselves more to my writing style which kind of Lean more towards uh, humor mm. at times. So, like window of opportunity, like ripple effect, like <laughs> you know, family ties—all very different episodes, but they always had that undercurrent of humor. Uh, striking universe was kind of a, a universe was a, kind of a different animal, and I enjoyed writing for it. But I mean, it didn't have that that same uh, undercurrent of humor, whereas Atlantis did. But um, you know, the characters. Uh, lent it a kind of a different type of different energy yeah
0: yeah very much so i agree yeah well universe you know Mm. is is in a much dire situation to to start off with you're not going to get a lot of a lot of you know opportunities for for excessive laughs i think in that right except for like you know between like the characters themselves like in a specific situation one or the other but yeah it's Mm -hmm. um all three of them, that's what I love about uh, the three shows is because they're all so different, and that's okay. You yep. know, it's okay that not everyone's going to love all of them, You know, mm-hmm. and it's okay for us to have our favorites, too. Mm-hmm. Fan questions? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Kicks 394. What were your favorite or least favorite episodes to write?
1: How uh, to write... You know, it's funny. That's a good, that's an interesting question because there are those episodes that I will look back on after watching that I will love or hate. Right. But during the writing process, um, overall, Stargate is just SG-1 are we talking about? Uh,
0: let's keep it to, to, to the topic. Let's keep it to SG-1. Um,
1: I mean, the most fun... Uh, uh, um, I think Ties That Bind was, was mm-hmm. one of my favorites to write. Again, it was a, an... Ep- it was you know, uh, an episode that just kind of really moved, but at the same time, um, you know, had humor, a lot of great character moments, uh, at its core. So that's my favorite in terms of, uh, episodes that I disliked or had a hard, harder time. I would have to actually go through my compendium to see sort of, uh, which episodes I actually wrote of the, uh, of the series off the top of my head. I mean, I know, I know what the, uh, with the answer, uh, that would be on Atlantis, but on SG. Well, okay, let's let's I'm take not... a, for Atlantis. Oh, this mortal coil. Really? I had a miserable time writing that episode because Why basically I would um, just because it was as a bit of a complicated episode, though. I mean, it wasn't any more complicated than um, um, uh, 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 I call it residual. It's not. It's not residual. It's the um, remnants. Remnants, which was Is actually a tools? fairly complex episode that basically it was just one of those episodes that um, I got like a lot of notes on the first draft and then went back and tinkered and revised and then I came back and there were a lot more notes on the second draft. Oh, it was gosh. one of those that, that, basic, that I just had a, that would uh, suck. a difficult uh, uh, time. Um, so that was, uh, yeah, that, was, that one stood out for me as, as uh, not a great experience. Kirstie, but i'm sure there's one yeah I'm, that's, one. i just can't when, that's just that's fair yeah
0: this is a similar question for uh, mm-hmm. uh from kirsty green what uh, your favorite episode that Thank you wrote Christy. for season 10
1: uh i hate to say it but family ties even though it's, it's probably hey. the lowest rated final well, episode of the season i got my shots in i uh <laughs> i basically went all out i uh you know, I got to write for the Vala character who by then had become like one of my favorite characters to write for. I got to, sort of, you know, uh, work with uh, Fred Willard um, and, and and you know, cap the episode off with the scene that, that I was sure would get killed and that I actually <laughs> kind of wrote as a joke that didn't get killed. Uh, and, you know, I just love seeing Teal uncomfortable. I think that's probably the most uncomfortable I've ever seen uh, Teal on the show. So
0: I love... Yeah the um one of my favorite parts of that episode is that um, it, it proves that Sam and Vala click you yeah. know that Sam that when Sam back from shopping and from then shopping. the Nails and yes. Victoria's yes. secret they look they look fantastic um mm-hmm. you know they're um that under normal circumstances they they may not have run in the same crowds, mm-hmm. but Sam has welcomed her into the exactly. fold, and they have found yes. a place in each other's heart.
1: Yes, you know
0: they yes. can be girls together. They can be mm-hmm. they can be uh, warriors together. They can mm-hmm. they can be they can find a place for themselves on all these levels. I would have loved a Sam and Vala episode. You know, yeah. if I yeah. were to redo anything if, with that one, I probably would have used if, that episode slot nearing if, the end if, of the show as a Sam and if, show. If
1: we had gotten a, a season 11 and, and, you know, maybe that that's probably one of the stories you could have done. And and I mean, that's one of the things that I love writing as well. That just seem like throwaways to executives. Like basically, it's why is this scene here? But they mean so much to the fans. I remember writing right. another episode where um, they talk about movie night and they're like, right. I forget Starship which episode. Yeah, right I yeah. And they're gonna, they, yeah i think that was uninvited yeah and they're talking about you know i, I, I wrote that like little little scene in well, oh
0: no think, that was R seven. that was um the skirt scur- the uh scourge
1: oh the scourge yeah yes and I'm basically wrong. it's just like a it's just a small moment that seems meaningless to like basically you know the kind of the, the casual viewers but to fans it means a lot because it means that these people don't just work together they hang out on their during their on their free time they, they mean enough to each other that they have formed a true friendship mm-hmm. and uh and you know if, if there was ever an opportunity to, to you know put in a little moment like that like the scene to open you know to open uh, family ties with uh with uh, vala and um and sam coming back from shopping that you know I always, I always uh seized it
0: agreed i've you know there's no proof of it but i mean i've i would have assumed that that they probably, you know, depending on um you know who they who they had, you know, back on earth, probably would have spent Thanksgiving's together, you know, oh, sure. things yeah. like that. So at least some of them certainly would have. Mm-hmm. Uh let me see here. Akos wants to know, uh would you move outside of Canada to produce a new show abroad?
1: Um absolutely I would. It would depend on the show. I mean uh I'm out pitching a show called Powder Mage, mm-hmm. uh which um or blood and powder, if you like, uh, that r- really would need to be shot somewhere, probably in Europe. Um, okay. You know, if, uh, if the opportunity presented itself, absolutely. I would love to travel somewhere to to produce a show. And in fact, I mean, um, one of the great things about sci-fi is that it plays so well, I wanna say overseas, overseas from where, where I am in Canada or, or North America in general. Um, I would say it actually plays better, like in Europe and those parts, than it does in in, in North America, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so, um, yes, if you uh, are an executive at uh, in in another country who would like to do a sci fi show, maybe a co production, let's do hey, it. There
0: we go. You know, yeah. it has always um, surprised me just how big of a base. Uh, Stargate has in Europe, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an American paramilitary team mm-hmm. and the Europeans just eat it up, you know, yeah. I think because it maybe it just has a similar energy to Doctor Who, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as campy in my opinion, but there's mm-hmm. just something about it that is so endearing and it just it just goes back to the accessibility of the show and to the characters and to the franchise mm-hmm. that, you know, pretty much anyone can watch it and love it, you know, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it works. Gate Gab, is cowboy bebop good for my middle school and high school students, or is it too adult?
1: Middle school, I'm not so sure. I think high school would be good. Okay. I think high school would be good. It's uh it's 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 fun. Uh it's kind of fun sci-fi. There are some kind of darker elements and and some violence, but, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 a great series. I would, I would recommend it to like high schoolers. Sure. Okay.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Scotty 0709. Were you happy with how the Ori storyline was resolved in Ark of Truth? And do you know why the replicators were included?
1: Uh, again, this was a, this would be a question for, for Rob, the, the latter part of the question for myself. Um, I was satisfied. Um, you know, I mean, we, we had to end the story, mm. uh, rather than leaving the fans hanging. And we were afforded the opportunity to do that. So, uh, you know, win win.
0: Absolutely. Given uh, season 11, Mm Goran Andonowski wanted to know um, would you have considered more uh, crossover episodes for SG1 and SGA? Pegasus Project was, I mean, it totally worked. It totally worked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We could have, we, I mean, we probably should have done more. yeah, definitely. In a virtual season 11, we probably would have done two crossover. <laughs> it's a big two-parter, the mid-season two-parter. That would
0: have been legit. Yeah. Rachel Baker, um, did you go down to the set on the last shooting day at all? Were I went there to, when they wrapped? N- I
1: was not there when they wrapped because they ended up wrapping it around close to 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and by that time, I was uh, I was uh, probably home in bed. Uh, but I did go down to set and say goodbye to everyone. Uh well, for the last day, was it, were emotions high? Uh yes. There they were not so much when I went down, but what I heard that you know when when uh, yeah the cut for the last time. Yes, emotions were uh, were very high.
0: They saved the the last shot for the gate room, mm-hmm. which was fitting. So yeah. I've seen the photos from
1: that. I mean, it, it yeah. would have just been who crazy. Now I you know I think about the fact that. We could have done a season eleven. That didn't have to be the end. Yeah. But uh Sci Fi wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. And you know.
0: Yeah, I I in in moments like that, you know, I I always have to stop and tell myself, be thankful for what you were given because mm-hmm. so much of it was such a gift. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's easy to to sit back and say, you know, what well, what could we have done? And fun, you know, to, yeah. to sit back and do that. It's the It's it's so easy to to miss sight of the fact of of such as seventeen seasons of television. Mm-hmm. You know, and a fan base that's continuing to talk about it a decade after the last one aired. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a thrill. So, Teresa, was there a storyline that you weren't ever sold on, but let it fly anyway?
1: Anything involving the ancients, I did not like those stories at all. I found them too esoteric. Um, I mean, I know they were they were deeply ingrained within the mythology of the series, and the fans, a lot of the fans loved them. I found them personally the most uninteresting uh, storylines. Was it me. because
0: they were always? It was it was often the note of okay, they've left this thing, and now we have to solve it.
1: Not even. I mean, as okay. as kind of beings, they were, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, I want to call them angels. Yeah. But they're pretty damn close to angels. Oh, in their ascended the, form. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, I just, uh, it 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 just for me, it felt too far removed from science fiction. I think okay. that's what it was. Um, and I mean, I'm I, I'm not a, like a huge. I mean, I love. Hard sci-fi, but I don't write a lot of hard sci-fi. I, you know, I I guess they call it soft sci-fi, but it really took it more into the realm of fantasy. And It's something that we did with, um, you know, episodes like the Quest mm-hmm. and such. But I mean, in, in in those episodes like the Quest, there was always kind of like a a kind of a sci-fi backing to mm-hmm. to everything that kind of went on. Despite the fact that the the, the fantasy elements were 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 more. They were more kind of like window dressing, to be honest with you. I see. Um, you know, whereas whenever we dealt with the ancients, it was just kind of so esoteric and they were, they're, they're, their powers were so, um, I mean, it's another thing. I, I mean, I, I can't stand magic. I, will, I, I just, and I don't know if we discussed this already, but I, I, I can't read books or, or, or TV shows or, or movies that, that have kind of magic as this kind of central concept or concept? unless used? that's exactly it i mean in my mind i'm always like well why doesn't why doesn't gandalf just teleport them out of the cave it's like well he doesn't know that spell it's like oh isn't that convenient for for, for the uh, storyteller that he doesn't know that spell <laughs> oh, oh i see gosh. but he does know this spell oh okay so basically it's like oh oh my god you know they're, they're in for it now what are they going to do and suddenly it's like oh but he does know this spell and uh it just you know i i mean having said that I, the powder mage uh, that I'm pitching has has a, a, a uh, magic as a kind of central conceit, but the, the the rules are very structured. They're very specific, mm-hmm. so it's just the, the the magic is mainly gunpowder related. So they you know you can control bullets. You can you can sense gunpowder. You can ignite it at a distance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you can't uh, manifest dragons or uh, uh, you know um you know, or whisk us away on a flying cloud. That's that, not yeah, how, the, how the rules it works. have to be, you know, yeah. tight. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I guess just as a writer, it feels like a get out of jail free card so that you don't have to set up a proper and satisfactory payoff to any of the situations you find yourself in.
0: It's one of the issues where my father and I have always connected on science fiction. But mm-hmm. he'll only connect with it to a point. Like, we would watch mm-hmm. Star Trek, and he would only get invested in it so much. I was like, wasn't that good? And he's like, well, why did they have to do that? They can just take their bird of prey and fly around the sun a few times and fix it. Mm-hmm. you know." Mm-hmm. And that, that was always, like, his starting place. Bird of prey, fly around the sun, go back and fix it. Because once they introduce the time travel element, then
1: almost all bets are off. Superman. Superman around the Earth. And I've, I've had this conversation... Uh, with some people on and I, I know people love Superman. I hated it. I hated it, mainly because of that last uh, it's sequence a, it's where basically a cheat. you can, you can basically undo time. Yep. So why don't you just do that every time. So there, there's no drama anymore. There's no yep. stakes because you can just, you know, go back in time.
0: Exactly. It's one of it's one of the weaknesses of that plot device where if you're going to deploy it, you'd better have a damn good excuse for the door being open behind you unless you're closing it tight so that you can't do that again.
1: Exactly. And this is an issue, you know, when you do 10 seasons of a show, you kind of open that door. Right. And you end up with beaming technology. Yeah. And then shots
0: disintegrate. You know? Yes. Yes, and and <laughs> so
1: you could either do one of two things: you come up with increasingly inane uh, explanations for why the technology does not work. You know, the, the ionization and the you know in the atmosphere it keeps too much interference. Keep from, yeah. Yes, yeah, keeps you from 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 being using the beam technology, <laughs> or you just ignore it, which is right. the case with the uh, Zat guns. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, the four yeah you know, four shots peaks locks. If you recall, <laughs> I mean, come on, four shots, pick locks—that's great. Yeah.
0: Oh gosh, chill, cosmos. Where are we at with the cheesecake being really just a pie?
1: Ah, this is, <laughs> do you know what this means? Uh, yes, this is basic. You know, every once in a while, I will I will tweet about food. Uh huh. Right and um. I was hit by a revelation that cheesecake is not cheesecake. It's a pie. It is a pie. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. So basically, I put that out there, controversial opinion, and there was great debate about uh, whether it's cheesecake or pie. Or, a lot of people fell, uh, which I, I kind of respect their opinion, uh, fell down on the side of tarts. Um, so, yeah, mm. kind of interesting.
0: It is very – yeah, it, a cake almost like – is like a spongy thing or, mm-hmm. you know, it has mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is more of a pie.
1: I mean, I look at I look at you know the closest thing I can compare it to is Key Lime Pie, mm. which is a pie, and and very very similar the texture, cheesecake. Is similar. Yeah, 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 and it's composition cold, isn't very it? similar. Yeah. yeah, and very similar to cheesecake in composition. And yet <laughs> it's a pie, and cheesecake is a cake. So honestly. Anyway, thank you for being that up, n- the n- n- man. N- I am all worked up. You know, you know,
0: <laughs> thanks Chill Cosmos, we yeah. appreciate it. Yes. Russell Baldwin, what character on SU1 recurring did you most mm-hmm. look forward to writing for? Uh
1: I think obviously it was Vala. I I just loved her character, kind of like the ro- the roguish um you know, personality, um you know, the fact that uh despite kind of the that that appearances she was actually quite vulnerable mm-hmm. um you know and just she was so different from everyone else mm-hmm. that um the, y- y- it wasn't just a matter of, of writing her character that was fun but it was just writing her within a script that allowed other characters to play off her and other characters you know were as much fun uh uh just because of the way they kind of interact mm-hmm. with who are.
0: Yeah. So so Vala,
1: that's kind of a, a a quick one for me.
0: Well, one of my favorite episodes is um I'm blanking on the name. The uh, the episode where we go to Cam's uh class <laughs> oh, uh, reunion. Uh, it was it, a, it was uh, bounty, bounty. bounty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. That's fantastic. I love those beats. I love the Kansas beats, you know, back on his farm. That was just, (laughs) what what department do you say you work in again? Accounts. (laughs) Receivable. (laughs) (laughs) She's just great. Yuki at home. Yuki at home. I was always really interested in the Lucian Alliance Mm. and how the galaxy worked politically. Were there plans to expand on the political nature of the galaxy? SGU kind of you know continues it even though we're not there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the back of my mind, I don't know if there were any plans to really expand on it, but it would have been interesting. I thought it, in, in my mind it would it probably would have been more interesting to me than than the uh the ancient storylines, mm. but because it was a final season, especially, you know, the ancient storylines got uh, a lot of the uh a lot of the attention. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, absolutely. It was something that we could have done, something that we should have done. Uh and something that uh, I, t- I attempted to rectify a little uh, with uh, uh, yes. Uh, Stargate Universe's is mm-hmm. a uh, big three-part. Uh, um, what was? Yeah, about, yeah, it's so terrible. That, I mean, Incursion. I is, yeah. Incursion one, two, and, and, and was it called Incursion three or was
0: it? It was no. It was. Um, um, it was effectively
1: Incursion three. It was, it it, it was, was the. It was, yeah. It was the. Uh, um, the season it's two where they get stranded
0: and yeah. I've got to find out the name of it because it's just going to mm-hmm. drive me nuts now if I don't. Mm-hmm. It was... Starts with a C? I want to say it starts with a C. Intervention. <laughs> there's, not even, there's no C. <laughs> there's no C. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. How do our brains do that? It's, like, it's
1: Tom, Todd, oh, yes. Matt. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Reno King. Another yes. Cowboy Bebop question. Yes. Your favorite uh, between Edward or Ein? Ein? Y- yes. In?
1: uh. uh, uh Ein. Okay, Ayn is uh, <laughs> the mascot. Ayn is uh, a corgi oh. that they adopt. Yes, Radical Edward is a kid. She's a, 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 a You think it's a he? It's actually turns out it's a she. Okay, is a young hacker. She's like 13 years old. And I have to tell you, I love Radical Edward so much that if you watch Dark Matter, you will notice uh, elements. Of character of, of radical Edward in uh, the Five. character
0: of Five. I was about to by, say uh, Jodell yeah, Okay,
1: very much. Even so, even to the point where basically there was one episode, um, uh, Ed, Ed uh, wears these goggles, uh, and and uh, it's one of the you know the, kind of the staple cosplay uh, 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 elements in in their costume. And uh, I had an episode of uh, of Dark Matter where Five ends up picking up. Very similar looking pair of goggles. So it was a nod. Uh, yeah. Yes, very much a nod. All right.
0: Uh, Redux, one of the most interesting cliffhangers from SGA season five was the new, a new species in an alternate universe that seemed like a real threat or challenge for shadowing what was to come. What were they and would we have seen more? I think they're referring to uh, the Daedalus variations, the uh, more monochromatic yeah, creatures people, with yeah, the yeah. org-like implants and the...
1: Yes. yeah. Uh, I have one of their um, detonators
0: yeah. Again, again,
1: that was, it. That cool. yeah, that was, um, you know, an episode where, you know, we wanted, we needed to come up with a bunch of scenarios yeah. and that was kind of one of the scenarios. And to be honest with you, the, the finished look of those aliens looked so much better than we had even imagined. So the idea of actually continuing or bringing them back came actually later uh, in, in kind of that season. And, you know, it's more than likely we probably could have seen them in season six.
0: So it was an honest consideration that was on the table. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that was just one of those, I know the comics bring them back at one point. Mm. They give, they get a name. So yeah, no, they, it's one of those situations where, you know, you have to throw a bunch of different situations at the wall uh, because we're moving from reality to reality. And then we Mm. come upon this, this baddie. And even I was like, Okay, this is cool. This is really yeah. cool. You know, yeah. they can go somewhere here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh Chris Gartland, if season ten wasn't the last, mm-hmm. uh, would you have continued with the aura as the big bad in season eleven, or would you have wanted to take it into a different direction like early, pretty early on in the in the season, wrap up with like the
1: arc of Truth story? Um I if if it was up to me, mm-hmm. I probably would have done the exact thing we did and wrapped okay. up the eye. And uh, and maybe introduced a new villain in, in in season eleven. I I don't know what that villain would have been, but it would be nice to sort of start a new chapter. There we go. Yeah, George
0: Fotus Drama Soitus. I apologize, George. Uh, please tell Joe that Dark Matters all the time in the world it was so nice to see a time loop episode that felt fresh. And thanks for making Anthony sing in French.
1: <laughs> well, yes, thank you. Uh, you know that that episode. Um, I knew I wanted to do a time loop episode. I thought it would be perfect that I broke in my career with window of opportunity and possibly end it with all the time (laughs) in the world and end up watching 24 episodes of of different time loop shows and a bunch of movies distilling the formula and coming up with, you know, a, a a show that very much like what dark matter does all the time. It's just kind of like you take a kind of a sci-fi chestnut, that the audience yep. knows what they expect, and you undermine it. Yep. And uh, the fact that Anthony speaks fluent French was a bonus, so I made use of that. <laughs> and the fact that I'm like, basically, okay, he's he's learning French. It's it's sort of like O'Neill and and Teal learn how to juggle <laughs> Latin. in in oh juggle. yeah and yeah and Latin yes. But you know, I'm like, what could he learn? And I'm like, oh well, French, and it was perfect for him. And uh, and then of course, if you're if you're going to you know. Do French? Then you have to somehow find a way to include Dominique, uh, uh, the song Dominique, and so there's this, you know, that great sequence where two comes in and finds him and and the android singing Dominique in in the uh, in the in the mess hall. She just kind of turns and walks out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was an episode that I actually wrote in uh, pretty much a day, uh, wow. just because we weren't able to break it in, in the room. I got very frustrated and. Uh, it just came together. It's interesting how some of those happen. Huh. Yes, not 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 all that often, but when they do, it's uh, it's great. And turns out it's, you know, like Dark Matter was the fan favorite episode of uh, of the uh, Stargate franchise, apparently, according to the poll I, I, I ran uh, last year. Uh, all the Time in the World is the um, fan favorite episode of Dark Matter. So if you haven't seen Dark Matter, I would suggest checking out episode 304 all the Time in the World, available on uh, Netflix, followed followed uh, immediately by episode 309, Isn't That a Paradox, which is a time travel episode. Okay. So both back-to-back time uh, time uh, episodes.
0: Eva Lipinska, was Marina Backer in the first choice for Adria?
1: Big uh, Firefly Yes, I believe so. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I believe
0: so. Yeah. All right. Um it, regarding heroes, uh Lisa M wants to know is it true that the hug between Jack and Sam was supposed to be a kiss in the original script? Do You know anything about this?
1: Um I doubt very much it was. I a kiss doubt it because too. Be, be, I I uh I was probably the biggest shipper in the in the writers room and it's if it an had Air been Force a kiss thing, though. Yeah, if it had been a kiss, I I I would have remembered it. And yeah. exactly that it, it would be an, an uh an affair. And that's a, that's a grieving scene too.
0: I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it was a cheek thing, that would have made sense, but there should have been no passion in that. Yeah. That was, that was just, that was loss. Yeah. Interesting. I had not heard that. Uh, All right. Um... George Turner I'm, – I'm, I'm wrapping this up, I swear. Uh, no, no, George, no, Actually, take your time. I'm enjoying myself. Okay. Please. Oh, okay. Go. Okay. Well, well yeah. okay. Yeah. George Turner, script writing had moved from the IBM Selectric typewriters. Mm-hmm. So what script software or word processors did everyone use,
1: and did that change over the run of the shows? No, we always use Movie Magic Screenwriter. I know that it's not as popular as Final Draft, but Movie Magic Screenwriter is what I – worked with on Stargate. It's something I've worked with through all my production. So usually the showrunner makes a call and I choose movie magic screenwriter.
0: Okay. There we go. Raj Luthra, have you seen Dragon Ball Z, Tenchi Muyo, and My Hero Academia? And if so, what do you think of any of these?
1: Uh, I haven't seen Dragon Ball Z. It feels a little old style for me, to be honest with you. I did watch Tenchi Muyo uh, ages ago and loved it. Uh, I haven't watched My Hero Academia just because I haven't watched anything. I still have to watch like the last season of, uh, of uh, Attack on Titan. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, my, my wife and I uh, watch usually anime every night. We watched, uh, got, we just finished watching, a, doing a rewatch of 12 Kingdoms. Not sure what's next. Maybe maybe something, uh, maybe uh, My Hero Academia, we'll see. Okay. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs>
0: uh, Goran and Anowski. Was it planned to turn Daniel into a prior from earlier in the season, or was that something that was decided along
1: the way? I think it was decided along the way. Again, this is the question okay. for, for for Rob, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was decided along the way.
0: That was an episode, to be perfectly frank, I imagined very differently it, when I heard the, the idea for the Shroud, mm-hmm. because Jack was going to come back, and I always had the impression that it was going to be like Jack... Like trying to find Daniel's soul Mm in whatever Daniel Pryor had become, you know, and Mm -hmm. that he was Daniel Pryor was just going to be fire and brimstone. Mm -hmm. And then the episode starts and it's like, it's me. How do you prove it? Well, because it's me. Well, how do you prove it? Because Mm -hmm. it's me. And it was just Mm -hmm. it was a different energy than I expected, you know, and it was just it was one of those situations where my expectations Mm -hmm. kind of really altered the quality of my uh, satisfaction and enjoyment of the episode.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a very fair critique. Yeah.
0: But but, I mean, still, I think one of you you get those two on screen and it's just magic that he walks in and then there's this pause and this is new. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh What? what, I mean, the, the Jack and Daniel scenes are some of the best of the entire show. Yeah. You know, there was there was something about Rick and Michael. Um, there was a mutual respect and trust there that had mm-hmm. to happen. Um, and it just we were just so awarded as audience members. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Akos wanted to know, was unending a test episode of Stargate Universe regarding the hopeless escape from a spaceship based journey? No, that's it was not. No, it was not. <laughs> at chill cosmos if su ever came back would you write out would you write out the communication stones so the stories would keep away from from communicating with earth that's an interesting thought
1: uh ultimately that's not my call okay um, if it were i mean I, I told you basically i i look i understand why we use the communication stones and mm. i kind of find them as kind of an interesting technology but i always found the stories where we ended up back on earth uh the least interesting stories for me i you know sort of i i, I like you're stuck on a ship and even though it, it does feel claustrophobic that is kind of the appeal for yeah me. lean into it kind of basically yeah and and you know and that's why basically you know whenever you, you end up on a planet um you know those rare occasions that's why mm. it makes them all the more special
0: yeah i i always thought there was a certain amount of hopelessness with the with the earth-based stories because they were um, they were there, but it wasn't mm-hmm. them. They wa- they weren't right. even in their own bodies. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a like a zombie-ish
1: Yeah, experience. It was, it was interesting. It was yeah. very interesting. But yeah. I mean, sort of once you get past that sort of that conceit, I found kind of the, the kind of the um, the meat of those stories not as engaging mm. for me.
0: Darren and I also asked you know we were we were talking about it in podcasts a lot at this point and we mm. can get into this when we get it to, when we get to universe but um you know uh what what do you sign over in, uh, to the other person to do in your body I mean if you're a celibate person is it okay mm. for them to just have sex with this with yes. their spouse and you know and I, we were always wondering you know would would that ever be addressed in the show and it was just one of those things that off-screen had to i guess just have been dealt with that anyone who touches mm-hmm. the stone recognizes that the they are going to the person is going to assume their lives mm. uh, in the process of doing that.
1: Yes, absolutely and that was an issue and and in fact there were discussions in the room uh about that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I mean we'll get we'll we'll talk about it yeah. when we get to stargate universe because it was yeah. It was blowback at one point over one, sort or of one episode when you know casting came out when the casting uh, um, uh, breakdown went out, but we'll, we'll talk about that. yeah, uh,
0: yeah, you know. it, it raises a lot of interesting questions about consent. Yes, know. absolutely. and Ava finally wanted to know what was your opinion on Amanda mm-hmm. and Chris's idea of Carter and Teal having gotten together off screen in the future uh, in that time dilation field in unending?
1: Uh, I you know I kind of felt neutral about it I mean I thought it was interesting um you know and and the fact that um it, it, in a way kind of made sense because they had been so close for so long and mm-hmm. and uh um you know I uh I you know I, again I I I kind of in my mind always imagined her and jack getting together mm-hmm. so for that reason her with uh, uh strange for me okay um, so you know but but having said that i do i it, it actually makes sense i think
0: yeah given the circumstance you know, yeah, I, it doesn't surprise and me. And how long they were caught
1: on that uh on that ship? Absolutely. 50 years. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, God knows what you will do. Yeah, become, yeah. A, become a become a remarkable cellist at the very least. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah, that's the I'm rewatching that episode and just seeing the the uh the time lapse uh mm-hmm. with a CCR uh, uh overscoring the top of it and the scene where um uh Falla and Daniel are embracing one another, and mm-hmm. having watched that at the time, didn't even occur to me that mm-hmm. she had lost a child. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and I'm sitting in in Rob's office, and Dan, Darren and I are talking with him about it, and that's when I discover because Darren's bringing it up because Darren has kids. Yeah. and it's like wow, I didn't even think of that. You know and, how? And,
1: and Darren figured it out, crazy Darren. He sure did. Yeah, huh. yeah.
0: No, it didn't even occur to me. Mm. those little things that that uh, really add up when you when you get a chance to explore the the situation it's like well you know they would have had to try to go on with their lives somehow yeah um this is uh this is really this is really something joe i really appreciate you you My taking pleasure. the time with me through this entire yeah. series thanks S- for tremendous. having this thank you uh, we'll be, uh, bringing back, uh, discussions on Atlantis season one, new show, new energy, um, fantastic. new opportunities for, for storytelling. There's a, a lot to mine here. So yes. I appreciate you coming month over month
1: to, yeah. to join us.
0: It's going to be fun. I hear Suji walking around out there. So
1: yeah, she, no, I think she ate. She <laughs> always does this thing where, where, you know, she realizes I'm on a zoom call. So she'll kind of move <laughs> around and kind of, uh, uh, ask to be fed. It's a way of, uh, of, of Asking to be bribed Is, is, is what it is
0: <laughs> Well All the best to you And I will definitely uh, Have a look at Cowboy Bebop So Awesome I just Report finished. back and,
1: and also the time loop episode Of uh, Dark Matter
0: Yes Absolutely yes. We'll definitely Excellent. go for that Appreciate right. your time sir I'll go ahead and wrap up The show on my end As always Thank you so all much Alright Later Be well Joe Joseph Malazzi Writer and executive producer Stargate SG-1. Thank you so much for joining. We've got a couple of questions for me here. Uh, Let me see here. Kix394. What was your opinion of unending? Did you find it a nice way to wrap up the series? We didn't even get into the fact that they axed the Asgard. Um... Yeah, I enjoyed the episode very much. Considering that we knew that it was going on to DVD movies, this wasn't the end, and that was a real big deal for me. Uh, was to make sure that you know, give, given what what the the uh, the series was going to continue into, which was Ark of Truth. If that wasn't the case, then I would have I would have preferred that the Ori storyline get wrapped up, but in some way shape or form in in 42 minutes but the fact that we had arc of truth coming unending was perfectly facilitated by the fact that it was an SG1 story and that was that was really important to me Uh, Claire Bird, did you get Odyssey yet? I don't like it and asked for a refund, but Steam thinks my 677 hours of Elite, the core game, is two hours on Odyssey. They won't give me my money back. So she's referring to the uh, most recent Elite Dangerous expansion called Odyssey, which after... um, uh, seven or eight years, you're allowed to finally walk on foot on planets, a galaxy full of planets. If if you are a gamer and you like open world, it's a one-to-one scale Milky Way galaxy. It's, you know, uh, it's a tr- tremendous. It's 110,000 light years across. It's a tremendous game. I I, I completely wow. recommend it. Uh, I just purchased Odyssey, and my buddy and I are going to start playing uh, this week but uh they they have turned off several elements uh in the game that were definitely present in a lot of the trailers so i expect a lot of those will be like textures specifically have been toned down quite a bit even if your all your settings are on max something on the back end has changed a lot of the planets do, do not look as as they did so uh clairberg give it a chance um i think that you uh, know uh, it's basically an Uh, a paid beta at this point, basically what everyone is thinking is happening. And when the uh, console version comes out uh, later this year, it'll be back to standard. So, Um, but it's definitely not there yet. I agree. Redux. Having seen SGA several times, I never noticed, realized the stairs have actual written text on it. Who came up with the idea with having a welcome message and why? And the ancient language. I do not know who did that, but the staircase is Uh, is in ancient, and some of them are inverted and reversed. Um, Let me see here. Stargate, Atlantis, Staircase, Message. Uh, Let me see here. So, if you are interested in knowing what the ancient stairs say, this is the translation. Approximately from top to bottom. So when you walk into the Atlantis Gate Room and you're reading them, um, "'We hold these as the truth, a hearty welcome to those of other worlds. Visiting our home for the first time, welcome again. To those returning, you have been gone too long, and your absence has weighed heavily on our souls. We are whole again that you are among us, and we celebrate you being here again.'" As we leave for distant worlds, we pledge to respect the lands of our neighbors and to act with integrity as ambassadors in peacetime of our people. Travelers with open hearts will always welcome refugees from tyranny, may seek shelter under our roof, and our people will lay down their lives, protect the weak, and the just. Let this be our pledge. It goes further on, but uh, you can Google the um, the complete uh, translation online in ancient. So it's... it's, it's um, font substitution so one for one for english uh let me see here redux any interest in having those who made the languages or text in the show on the show absolutely i'm i'm game for that that's that's a production thing um so i'll ask james robbins about that he probably has all of those um contacts so we'll absolutely check in with him about that okay That's what we got for this episode. Pierre Bernard is coming up at the top of the hour. The Stargate superfan who got his career, his Stargate career started on uh, Conan O'Brien's late night show. He'll be joining us, and uh, we'll be discussing his Recliner of Rage segment. We'll be showing off some of his art, his set photos. I have them all queued up here, and, uh, and much more. So this is going to be a, a thrill for me to have uh, Pierre on. He's always been one of my heroes. So we're going to bring him in and discuss some of his, some of his work. Next week we have, if I can pull it up. Uh, Darren Sumner, uh, the uh, owner and managing editor of GateWorld, is going to be joining us for 12 Things We Want from the Next Stargate. And that is going to be a pre-taped discussion that will be premiering at 12 noon on May the 30th, followed at 2 p.m. by Robert C. Cooper, uh, writer, producer, and director. Uh, We're going to be discussing uh, Stargate Atlantis. Uh, the creation of the show and his episodes he didn't do that many, so we cover all of his atlantis experience in this in this one episode uh We talked with him last week for an hour and a half. that was a fascinating discussion rob is is um thoughtful and insightful and um never comes to to an answer quickly. he's very slow in in and in, in his intent and methodical and It's just an absolute pleasure to always sit down and and talk with him and mine the content of uh, this franchise with him. So that's what we got for you right here. And uh, we're going to be, again, Pierre is going to be back at the top of the hour. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. I really appreciate you tuning in. And uh, we'll be back in just a bit here with Pierre. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Orrs. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Hommel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com.